I'm Cray Beaumont Flynn. Welcome to Beyond the Design, a show that gives you a peek behind the curtain of the design industry and shares the stories of those that are the driving force behind it. Well, welcome to Beyond the Design, and our guest today is Mike Hines with Epic Floral. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Well, we'll just dive right into it, Mike. Tell, uh, share your journey into the world of floral design. What initially sparked you into this field? Uh, you know, I never wanted to be a florist, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I think just growing up, planting flowers and things like that, I just, even then, didn't really think it was going to be anything but a hobby. Right. Um, so I'm. Uh, if I took you back 25 years, I was on vacation. I was a young kid. I was like 25, probably a little bit less than that, years old. I went to Rome on vacation, and then I ended up staying and apprenticing with a florist who needed some help. I didn't know anything I was doing. I was in retail at the time, visual merchandising, dabbled in interior design. And um, I was just really interested in the concept of putting flowers together and being able to sell them as a design. Mm -hmm. And so um, I apprenticed for two or three weeks because I didn't have anything to come back to. I was just kind of freelancing and hopping jobs. Right. And as I would finish a merchandising project, I did um, merchandising for showrooms for all the gift and home shows around the country. And again, I was freelancing a little bit in interior design. I would do flowers at the end of my job for the client. And that just sparked people to notice them and like them and want my services and my design technique with floral. Um, I didn't know anything I was doing. I probably <laughs> spent more money than I made. Um, and then I moved to Chicago and with my business partner, we both decided to quit our retail jobs at the time and become florists and entrepreneurs and open um epic floral in 2001 one month literally one month to the day after september 11th oh wow wow um and as as the timing may not seem great mm -hmm. it proved very different people needed to be happy and flowers made them happy and it was the one thing they could still have access to while they were kind of hunkered down and confused in this world that we had lived in at that time. So um, Epic was born. And um, here we are today, 20 years later, 20 plus years later. What defines a unique style or your approach in Epic, epic uh, Floral Design when it comes to floral design? It took me a while to establish that. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I, I Again, I didn't know anything about the business. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I could put flowers together. Right. And basically what we did, what I did at the time is what I've learned in Rome is to do all the flowers in my hand as a design into a nice ball shape and put it into a vase and send it out there and sell go. it. Um, and it took maybe five years for me to come into my own and say, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to use a lot of elements. I'm going to create member, memorable um, pieces that, that people enjoy and that people keep coming back for. And I, it was scary, but I raised my price point. I took a deep breath and we are here today because of it. I, I have clients I've had for 20 years. Fantastic. So um, our design often feels modern. Um, 
monotone. I, I feel it's very important to stay close to our style and our technique and our brand um, without venturing too far away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's why Epic's become popular in Chicago. And and when I travel to do flowers, it's popular there too. I mm-hmm. Knock on wood. I mean, I'm not trying to sound um, <laughs> pretentious, but I see a lot out there that looks the same. And um, people are running it as a business first rather than mm-hmm. approaching it from a design aspect. Design and creation. Well, yeah. how and where do you uh, get your inspiration for your creations? Are there specific sources or influences that guide your creative process? Um, I work from instinct completely. And so I'm only inspired by the flowers I see every morning that I go to the market. So every single mm-hmm. morning at about 6 a.m., I'm at the flower market to see what's fresh, what's new, what's hot, what's interesting. And that is where the inspiration comes from. So when, let's say, somebody places an order for flowers on any particular day, I'm at the market that morning buying those flowers. And so we don't encourage people to be too specific mm-hmm. because at any given moment, I can change the design just based on what I see and what is interesting to me to design with that morning. Right. Can you highlight a memorable or particular challenging project that you've worked on and what lessons did you learn from it? Every project's challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Every single project. You know, I can assume that. Yeah. Because you're, you're dealing with a, a very live substance, you know, that transforms and, Go I'm ahead, working I'm with a perishable item, right? right. And that my medium is perishable. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of emotion behind it from the people receiving that. So my favorite clients are those that are corporate clients that just write a check and say, see you there. Um, those are <laughs> Easy <the best>. peasy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't do a lot of weddings because of that. I think it's, there's too much emotion already wrapped up in a wedding mm. that the flowers get picked on, you know, no pun intended. I I think that, um, so all my projects are challenging only because that's, that's me. That's just who I, uh, I innately, um, exude some sense of anxiety every time I do floral or design. The most challenging that I've ever done was a, an event in Dubai in the desert. Um, and they wanted fresh flowers. And although Dubai has some great fresh flowers, <laughs> we were in the middle of a desert exactly. in the heat <laughs> of Dubai. And that and and I was only able to design that on site. So I was there a week ahead of time, and um, they just said, "Do whatever you want. You know, let's go for it." And I just sat back and thought, I. I don't know how to do this. This is this is almost impossible. Maybe we should use fake flowers, right? Or or maybe there's another element. <clears throat> However, I came up with an idea of hanging things from the ceiling. The tents were air conditioned, and I was able to do flowers without water. Amaryllis, in particular, that live out of water for a long time, and hang them and hang them in pyramids made out of sticks from hmm. the ceiling of the tent, and it worked. Um, 
yeah, I think that was the biggest challenge at the time. In an industry where trends evolve quickly, how do you stay innovative while maintaining your signature style? That's a good question. <laughs> that, that, that sometimes really worries me. <laughs> I, I, you know, with the onslaught of social media, it's easier to um, be a little more progressive in what you're mm-hmm. doing because what I show in my reels, for instance, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever medium that is or whatever channel that is, I um, I do things that usually don't go out the door. I do things that I I, I can conjure up the design in my, my mind and right. actually produce it in a 30 second reel on social media. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any new design out there. I don't think there's anything that's ever brand new and, and you have to do it and it has to be um, innovative for instance. Mm-hmm. But, but I think what's more fun for me um, and somewhat scary is to, um, do what I do best and, 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 and going back to being inspired by the flowers of the day. You know, I, I don't think that I put a lot of thought into being brand new mm-hmm. to um, being innovated be- because I don't believe our designs are um, time sensitive. I think they are timeless and, right. you know, fleeting. We talked about a uh, quick, briefly about process so when you have a large-scale project do you sketch something out or do you have ideas that you go by are you just on the whim and start creating once you have the product in hand i'm on the whim you're on the whim yeah for a lot of things i do i can't pre-plan too much because Mm -hmm. then it becomes so inside my head that i and i and i feel like there's too many boundaries and too many um roadblocks i have to do things on a whim so for an event for instance when they want to see a sample i'm able to do that um, for that day but there's no doubt that that actual design is going to change when it comes to the day of the event because i may think of something else or there may be a new color that i want to introduce Mm -hmm. or a different flower that i had not thought of at the time there's a small clause in all my contracts that say I can do that. But um, yeah, I, I just, I don't like to overly plan and pre-plan for things. Yes, there needs to be some structure because we need right. to know what to order and we need to know our budgets and we need to know things like that. But I can't sit really sterile inside of that box of this is exactly what's going to happen. And this is exactly how I'm going to do it. I I would, I'd be bored if I did it that way. (laughs) What inspires and motivates you on a daily process when you, when you're working and working with a, a very tangible or object, living, breathing product? Um, My fear of failing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My fear of it not being good enough. Yeah, I I I find that true with a lot of um, creative people that I know. Mm-hmm. In that um, we want it to be so we want it we want to produce something that is really in our head, and it has to be tangible. Right. And and then, and then at the in the long run, the client has to be happy with it. But um, if I wasn't driven by some sense of fear, 
then I think I would be bored. And I think being bored is worse than being fearful. So I have to, um, you know, I get up really early. I get up at two, three in the morning and I have one hour in the morning that I give myself to drink coffee in bed. I I feel that's one of life's (laughs) absolute luxuries. (laughs) And that's when all my social media happens and I'm able to really unplug um, what's going to go on for the day. But I always fear too, that I'm not going to get it all done in the day. So that's why I get to work by 5am and I'm ready to go and things get out the door at 10. And I usually don't take a meeting afternoon. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, just because I need time to decompress as well. Mm-hmm. You know, our, my mind can go pretty fast when it's around flowers. Right. Um, and, and, and knowing what, you know, maybe coming up in the week or what be, may be coming up in a month. And do I have the stamina? Do I have the, the brain stamina to get that all done in time? So, yeah, I'm motivated by getting things done, getting things done right in the fear of, failing and I don't want to fail. Mm -hmm. So I have to give myself enough time to, in a day to work on something. Is there a particular project that you like working on? Hmm. That's a really good question. Uh, Or is there a a type of project that gives you more freedom and more creativity without set parameters or direction from the client? I don't take direction from the client well (laughs) and in fact when there is direction from the client that that inhibits me from working or creating the way um i want to so the less Mm -hmm. information they give me the better but but when they send a note saying do whatever you want i love everything you do Again, I think it's setting me up to fail. So <laughs> I know I sound like a crazy person, but I... <laughs> You're creative, I, not yeah, crazy. I, creative. I just think that when they start to say, do whatever you do, I love whatever you do. You know, I could do something that they've probably never seen before and they may not like it or they may like it. So it's that 50-50 that I don't like to take mm-hmm. a chance on. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that... I think a lot of people, I think most people love flowers. A lot of people like floral design. Mm -hmm. With the onslaught of social media, however, people are drawn to by what they're seeing in a very two-dimensional way. And um, they kind of sometimes get hung up on that. And it's people who aren't in the, in, in, in the industry. Um, Interior designers are great. I, I'll do anything for them because they let me be a designer. Um, or they probably understand the creativity process. and Yeah, and they may yeah. say, can you just keep it like blue and gray or right. you know, what, whatever their kind of parameter is on that. Um, it's just the average person who loves flowers and gets flowers when they become too specific then they already have it in their head what that's supposed to look like. And that can be intimidating to myself. Is there a signature Mike Hines flower that you always install or an epic floral that's your signature? No, but there's one I never do, and that's a sunflower. I I don't like them. (laughs) So even I have flowers (laughs) I do not like. And uh, 
if it's a sunflower, for instance, I'll just pluck all the yellow petals off and just leave it kind of green and <laughs> brown. Yeah. Very I artistic. Think, I, I do think Epic has a style. I think it's most of the time, let's say it's um, for our weekly corporate work, it's two or three elements, two or three kinds of flowers, oftentimes with a branch or wood, something very organic and heavy mm-hmm. to offset those flowers. Um, that's People know that that's from Epic usually. And it's usually a cluster of the same kind of flower and this mono variety kind of stacked together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find this to be very beautiful. N- not not a bunch of flowers tipped sideways into a vase of water. I, we don't do that. That's that's somebody else that does that very well. Right. Um, more of a um, very clean design. What what role do you believe floristry plays in events or occasions beyond just uh, decoration? I think it's one of the most important roles. Mm-hmm. And here's why it it makes people feel comfortable and at home and it makes your guests feel, um, you know, cheery and happy and, and, and it, and it's kind of the piece of jewelry that sets the whole outfit perfectly intact. Um, well, it extracts emotions, you know, I think it could be mm -hmm. happy or sad or, uh, warming, like you said, um, yeah, well, even if even when I'm commissioned to do someone's funeral, mm-hmm. which I've actually really started enjoying doing, really <laughs> uh, oddly, <laughs> when I'm the only one doing it, um, that it still brings a sense of peace and 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 and, and joy to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never sad. It's never um, mournful. Those people may never order that kind of flower for me again because it may remind them of that occasion but Instant, yeah um yeah i even in people's homes i've had people say that they're going to get rid of the therapist because they love having flowers in their home every week and that makes them happier for days and days and they're not questioned about how their progress is right um fl- flowers are very important flowers in hotels are important you know and it's the first budget that always gets cut mm-hmm. um but when somebody comes into a hotel or even a corporate office and they see flowers, they subconsciously, and it's a proven fact. It's a, I just didn't make that up. It, it makes them feel at home. It makes them feel welcome. It makes them feel at, makes them feel at ease. Mm -hmm. And then for instance, if they're in a hotel and they see that, then they're going to stay within the confines of the hotel and go to the bar and spend more money. Yeah, <laughs> within the hotel. So, you know, it's hard to convince a bunch of guys around a boardroom table that because I've tried, but but it's proven that wherever there are flowers, people are more apt to feel more comfortable in that dwelling. Mm-hmm. So it's true even with an event. I I love when I see these big extravagant crazy weddings with all the flowers and things hanging over people's heads. It's very pretty. It's just not my style. You know, but it, but I'm sure people walk in and they take a lot of pictures and they think it's the best thing they've ever seen in their whole life. And oh my God, what do they do with all the flowers and how much money do they spend? It just right. becomes a conversation. <laughs> with this is a off the wall question with global warming, have you seen a lot of uh, species less produced or grown and harder to get? No, because most of the flowers grown are grown in greenhouses and they're genetically modified to grow. So mm-hmm. imagine I'm not the only one that needs a hundred roses on right, a certain right. day 
they, right. they're needed all over the world. So, you know, visiting farms in Europe and knowing where flowers are coming from, it's, they're, they're controlled. It's, you know, there's this big trend in local, locally grown flowers. And there's a lot of people now with flower farms, um, producing great, great things and very organic and there's no mm -hmm. pesticides or, or they're not trying to genetically modify anything. They're just doing a really good job. And I love using those, but to the point of longevity, they don't live, live as long, um, than the ones grown for florists, for, for designers to be produced. Right. Um, Given your time though, with COVID, um, uh -huh a lot of the farms started just shutting down and producing food. And so there was during, you know, two years of a pandemic that there were less available flowers in the world because farms said, we're going to produce food because we need food now. Mm -hmm. Food, you know, food and shelter are the things we have to have. Flowers are a luxury item that we don't right. necessarily need. But if you asked me on any given day, I think they're equally as important. Right. Want or need. I think it's both. They're wanted and both. they're needed. Yeah. Yeah. During your time in the past 20 plus years that you've been in business, have you, have you seen sustainability becoming more increasingly important in your industry yeah. or eco-friendly practices? And how is that incorporated into design and operations for a business like such yourselves? Well... This is a tricky subject, <laughs> uh, and I and you can just look at my social media DMs and comments and feed on my certain feeds and reels to see the conversation that's happening when I use something like floral foam, which wasn't ever really that biodegradable. I didn't I didn't know that. I just mm -hmm. use use it sometimes um, as a mechanic to putting things together. But there is a coalition if you will of people that are very opposed to it and are not afraid to speak their mind about it now those there's a certain company that's made it more biodegradable it biodegrades faster mm. um the locally grown flowers when you use them people seem to really jump on that um sustainability aspect um but but I'll tell you what, with me, when people are spending three, four, five hundred dollars on a flower arrangement, it better live. Right. And right. so whatever that so if it so it's not a farmer's market flower that has nothing but you know water and sun that grew that. Um that's gonna live much a much shorter time than a flower that's grown in Holland in greenhouses. Mm -hmm. Not that it's a worse flower or a better flower it's just the way it's grown so yeah i sustainability is important it, it very much is important i mean imagine all the compost we have on a daily basis True. it's, it's right. important um and i'm not discounting that at all but i'm old school now i've been doing it for 20 plus years i i feel like i'm really set in my ways and i will use many different mechanics to design a flower arrangement. Um, but it always goes back to what I learned in Rome and is that I can just do it all in my hand and put it in some water. So that's really 
as sustainable as we get sometimes. I mean, we will use paint. I'm I'm not opposed to spray painting things. I'm not opposed to dye. Uh, I I just kind of love that because it's, it's, it feels so very European to me and, Mm -hmm. and very cool and interesting. In fact, I just did an event last weekend where the client, a big name retailer, global retailer wanted dyed tulips that were not Hmm. painted, but dyed. And you can get those from Holland and any color you want. And it was beautiful. And the clients, the feedback I got was clients loved it because I had never seen a flower like that before, but you know, they didn't know they were dyed either. (laughs) I I just think it's kind of cool to use different elements. And if I didn't constantly use new things and exciting things, I think it would be again, boring and I don't want to be bored. Well, I think a lot of people don't think as floral design as an artistic work or an art form because it right. does. It does because you're creating from a living object various aspects. So, um. yeah, and I don't. I'm not so sure where that came from. I think it may have come from the whole um, FTD era of mm-hmm. you know teacup flower arrangements. Right. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> and. Um, I don't know. I can get I can get on a big soapbox about that because I think chefs, <laughs> you know, chefs are the greatest things that ever lived. Um, but so, but when it comes to the florist, we're always second fiddle or third, fourth fiddle to that. Mm-hmm. However, they all want need us. You know, a chef calls because their restaurant needs flowers. Yeah. Or or um, an interior designer absolutely needs flowers on the certain coffee table for a photo shoot. There's you can pick up any design magazine. There's never not a flower arrangement or a plant somewhere in those photos. It just, you know, softens the look of things. I think it softens and being in the design industry myself, it brings the room to life. It's not just yeah. a sterile room that's being photographed or Good point. Uh, uh, displayed, I guess you could say, but it brings a room to life that there are people there, there are people coming through and there's living things or living objects in that room. Yeah, and it's and it feels like home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it makes you feel comfortable. So, given your twenty years and starting in Rome, what are you most surprised about that you didn't know when you started this journey? I'm well. I'm often surprised at how much people spend on flowers. <laughs> Just like, whoa, hey, it keeps you in business. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Um, I'm surprised. You know, late recently, I'm surprised of how. F- less people are getting into floral design. Uh, When I first started, it was a competitive market. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then with the onslaught of the mom and pops going away and grocery stores filling their front entrances with fresh flowers, that, that, that surprises me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm glad because people are still buying flowers, albeit in the grocery store. Um, but it surprises me that um, there aren't more up-and-coming floral designers in America. Now, in Europe, it's a completely different story. Why do you think that is? Well, there's schools. You have to be licensed. You have mm-hmm. to, you know, in America, you can just roll out of bed and say, I want to be a florist today. <laughs> you go for it. And then it ruins okay. it for all of us who have been trying, <laughs> working so hard to um perfect our craft 
mm-hmm. that, you know, just the new person in town is always the most exciting, but they always seem to come back to me or come back to my colleagues who have been around for a while. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think that floristry is not so highly regarded in America as it is in other countries, mm-hmm. especially Europe and Asia where it's an absolute art form and they are, there's celebrity florists out there, you know? So what would you tell you? It also surprises me that how many people want to learn how to do flowers. Right. And and, or do floral design, but they don't want it to be a career. Um, When I'm selling classes or lectures or demos that I do, they sell out immediately and it's not cheap. But they get to come and get their hands on it and learn something new. And I, I never knew that that was going to be such a big deal. And, and it has become that. And I get, when I don't have workshops or lectures for, you know, four or five, six months at a time, we get a lot of email and a lot of feedbacks. And when are you going to do it? I need to do it. With, you know, I've got 10 people that want to do it. Can you come and do it at our, at our restaurant or can you, you know, wherever. Right. That, that is a very nice surprise, actually, and it's really kind of fun to do. Are there any upcoming trends or shifts in floral design that you're excited about or foresee making an uh, impact on the industry? Here's where I'm just the worst person in the world when it comes to outlook. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I tend to stay, I tend to have blinders on a lot, and I and I see what's and I see what's going on out there, and I've I've seen a few trends here and there that have that I've, that I've not really liked. So I've not mm-hmm. paid a lot of attention to it. Um, you know, this very fluffy, weird U shaped floral designs that I don't, I don't understand at all. But um, no, I, I, I stay within myself too much yeah. to know what's going on, what's new, what's hot, because um, I, I don't want to be trendy. You know, I just, I want to stay the course of, the designs that I do and and can rely on and they're safe for me. What's your basic demographic of some of the projects that you worked on? You mentioned Dubai, but do you go nationally? Do you do international projects consistently? Not consistently, once in a while. So that's something mm-hmm. you have to really pick and choose. And when I have to travel, you know, more than 200 miles, <laughs> that's when the price point goes up and then you know when somebody is serious. So mm-hmm. we do get a lot of requests or I get a lot of requests to travel, to maybe do an event or especially to do a lecture or a demo um, or some maybe maybe hotels need training mm-hmm. um, with their floral design because they want it to be a specific look. It, it's all going to come down to budget, frankly. I, I um, Going back to... Um, people not going into floristry as much as they used to, I think it's because, or a lot of times they don't see that there is a p- large profit in it. And and if you have got a great design and you're charging appropriately for that design, because I get this question all the time from up and coming wannabe um, people on social media mm-hmm. of how to start that business. I always say, put your price point as high as you possibly can. Because it, it really, flowers are expensive mm-hmm. and the art of that's expensive. And if you start to undersell yourself, then, then you have no worth in, in designing. Now, if you want to do it in quantity and just have a business and you're just 
throwing out those coffee mugs full of carnations. <laughs> that that's great. And I and I don't I don't dismiss that. But but if you approach it as an art mm-hmm. and um, as a as a designer, then your price point needs to be up there and, and worth it. it. Correct. And, you know, it's true for any artist, right. really. Just you know, don't be unfair about it and don't be obnoxious about it, but know where your value is. And so, I don't travel often, but when I do, it's because there's a good budget and it's a great project. And it has to, those two things have to marry really well. Is there any particular project that you want to do that you haven't been uh, asked to do as of yet? Oh, there's a million. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, hmm, where do I start? I, um, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy teaching people how to do flowers and I enjoy being in front of a crowd and, you know, I want to be on a stage with a giant you know, jumbotron behind me as I, <laughs> as as people are just watching and absorbing floral design. I would love to do something like that. I would, you know, I, I'd I'd love to travel more and do more of my workshops globally or even nationally. Mm-hmm. It's just to get the right people in 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 that. That's sometimes tricky. You know, and just even a Q and A. Sometimes people just don't know a lot about flowers. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, they think they do because they're watching social media, and, but they, but people are kind of starved for that little extra information. And I think it's a niche of people. I don't think mm-hmm. it's, you know, a lot of people will go and watch a cooking show, but will that same niche of people watch a flower show? I'm not so sure. Correct. Very true. Unfortunately, because I think it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we watch cooking shows, but we're not actually cooking while we're watching the show right 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 we're just kind of mesmerized by the way the onions sauteed right <laughs> very true you kind of retain that i think a good tv show i i actually have a I, I would actually love to do a netflix docuseries on floral and uh i don't know i'd call it something like follow that flower and <laughs> let's let's go to where it's grown and who's actually touching that seed Mm-hmm. And then how it's Interesting. grown and produced and kind of the nitty gritty, the dirt behind that industry, and then how it comes to fruition in your town, I think would be a really very interesting, artful, creative way of teaching people more about flowers. A little bit more, yeah. Is there a particular flower that you like to have around you all the time or in your presence? In your own personal uh, environment? Nope. No? So it's funny. I When I leave work, when I leave the studio, I, uh-huh. flowers are the last thing I think of. Really? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have, I think I have a poinsettia plant in my home right now that I bought at a grocery store. But <laughs> I like the shade of the, the color of the pink of it. And it's tiny and it sits on my, you know, near my sink in the kitchen. Um. Yeah, when I have dinner parties, I don't have flowers on the table. I I don't I kill plants very well. <laughs> I just I'm so used to that instant gratification and getting right. things done and getting them out the door. I but again, I don't like sunflowers, so don't send me sunflowers. <laughs> don't put me around the sunflowers. I 
it's it is odd but i'm able to really shut down flowers now i appreciate them if i see them if i'm out and about mm-hmm. if it's on a, any given day and i'm i go to maybe a restaurant i'm like oh those are pretty flowers or 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 i know they're there but i'm not actually taking time to look at them or critique them i do know that when i go to someone's home and they still have the rubber band on the flowers they bought at the grocery store and it's just sitting in a clear vase i do tend to ask them to <laughs> take it take it to the next step <laughs> if it's possible but um and i and i do notice flowers but i'm mm-hmm. able to really shut down separation work. from yeah your work yeah because i because it, it's work at the end of the day I, right I, I love them and i'm inspired by them and you know that that it puts food on my table but i'm not obsessed with a 24-hour thought process of being around or near or touching flowers. So you don't have living walls in your, your home. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about a trend. Yeah. true. People sure love the living, their living walls or their moss, moss walls. And they're a pain in the ass. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's It's too much work. Yeah. The filtration system and everything else, people just don't understand. They can just, you can't just plop them in and they're going to grow, you know? You know, it's fun for six months. It's like when you buy a house and you've got a whirlpool jacuzzi tub right <laughs> it's so great it's so great for like six months and then three or four years pass and you just haven't used it anymore <laughs> like, what was the point of that how'd you, come, how'd you come up with the name epic floral what's its meaning it was a it was a google thesaurus yeah. search it, it means <laughs> a, a it does mean a moment in time that signifies a great event um i like to condense that and just say a moment in time moment in time <laughs> <laughs> but um, and, and it's spelled E P O C H, but I think it's just a French version of anything epic, you know. Mm-hmm. Just uh, it's that it's that one thing that that was fleeting that made an impact in that at that time. I, that's the one thing I love about flowers are fleeting. When I was in interior design, I it drove me crazy waiting a year or two for a sofa. I thought, oh my God, can't we just have it today? Put it into place and make it work. Um, with flowers, I, I'm at six o'clock in the morning, I buy them. By 10, 11 o'clock in the day, they're out the door and I'm on to the next project. I don't have to worry about waiting for something right. to happen. Instant gratification. I need instant gratification. <laughs> what advice would you have for aspiring floral designers that are looking to get into the industry? Price your value know your value mm-hmm. um do your own thing don't look and see what other people are doing especially that your neighbors i i i don't know what my colleagues are doing in town and i'm sure they're doing great i i don't want to know i don't care um i just i know what i can focus on so i when it's intimidating mm-hmm. to start your own business it's intimidating to be your own boss um, it's hard being your own artist, but um, just kind of follow your gut and stick to what you're doing uh, because it, because if you believe in it that much, it's going to sell. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's really hard to be creative and know that you're worth far more than you, than you thought you were and that what you are producing, albeit unique, it, it's sellable. So when you do get projects, is there a timeline that you'd like to give a padding to your clients or to those projects? Or is it like, okay, 
you got a project next week. Boom. You got to do it. Or you'd like a couple months ahead of time notice. I like it when it's done. Let's do it next week. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's less time for people to sit on the idea. Uh, When it's a year out, I, that's, I don't like that. It so much can change, you know? Sure. So I like a, I like a really fast turnaround if my schedule allows. Um, I do have some clients that I could wait a year to do something for, but just because they're like, Oh, there's other, (laughs) there's just a lot, but, um, I do appreciate them at the, in the long run. Um, yeah, I, I think that the quicker, the better. And it, and it's, again, goes back to my, my level of impatience. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to sit around and think, oh, gosh, I need to be in Istanbul in three years. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, can't put my head, I can't put my head around that. And, and knowing me, let's say I did have a, a gig in Istanbul in three years, mm-hmm. I would wait until the week before to actually think about how that's going to be designed and planned. And I, that adrenaline of procrastination fuels me <laughs> to do the best job I possibly can. It's like, Oh, oops. <laughs> Got to get going. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, that's doing an hour. Ooh, what am I going to do? I, I do do my best work under pressure like that, but, um, and I shouldn't, you know, as I'm getting older and I think, I don't know if my heart can handle this anymore. Right. <laughs> I, I really procrastinate a lot. So what's your vision? What's next for Epic Floral? Uh, more lectures, more demos, more traveling to show people more, show people across the nation and the world, just my style and what I can do. And um, I don't know, you know, six years ago, I wrote a book. What's the name more of that of, book? That's that's uprooted. Um, it's more of a picture book. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do too much writing because I don't particularly love to read books, but I do love anecdotes and quotes. So <laughs> that's and the pretty pictures <laughs> and beautiful pictures, right? Yeah. Um, that's always been in the back of my mind to maybe do something more. I don't want to say a recipe book because I don't think floral design should have a recipe. But I don't know, maybe it coincides with what I teach and and what I've learned. Uh, so that might be something we're working on. It takes forever. And it's right, a, right. Gru- a grueling, grueling, grueling process. I don't know, as a creative, sometimes you just are masochistic about that and want to be like beaten down and... <laughs> what more could I possibly do? And I can't handle this and I'm never doing it again. And then it starts to happen. And then, yeah. Do you do public installations? Do you ever get projects that are for the public use, not so much a uh, private? No. And I'd absolutely love to do that or just something that's a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, down the steps of the library, in New York, or I did one time I did flowers hanging off the side of a bill of a giant building downtown Chicago, but that was only to promote my book. <laughs> but it was cool, <laughs> you know, it's like the news people were there and it was only for that day and they're they're plummeting in like a waterfall over, you know, six stories of a building it was pretty cool. Wow. 
Sounds amazing. I, I would love to do more of that. That that is something, however, that does take a lot more planning because there's mechanics mm-hmm. and other many other people behind the scenes involved in something like that. Well, Mike, is there anything else you'd like to share or tell us or I don't promote? think so. I think I'm, uh, no, you know what? I don't need. I don't. I don't know about promoting myself. I, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I um, I do well, enough of that. I think online, and I. In fact, I did. We did three reels today, and that's why I'm like, "Oh God, I'm <laughs> exhausted. We can't edit them yet." But um, yeah, I, I think that my flowers and my design promote. They're they're in charge of promoting themselves on that. I think it's that. Well, where can our listeners find you online? Okay, you can go to um, Instagram. You can do it at um, MD Hines. Or at Epic Floral, that's E-P-O-C-H, Floral. You can go, I believe we have a YouTube channel. I don't know the exact name of that. (laughs) I know it exists, though. So if you look up Epic Floral, you should be able to find it. Um, Facebook, it's Mike Hines, or it's Epic Floral. TikTok, it's Heinz Mike, at Heinz Mike on TikTok. Well, perfect. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate your time, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you for finding me. It's been a pleasure. You have a great podcast. Thank you. Take care. I appreciate it. Thank you. 